Ephesians chapter 5. When I think of Halloween, I, I think back to my kids' younger years, and uh, David went through a stage where he was just excited about Bob the Builder. And he dressed up as Bob the Builder one year, and he had his tool belt and his little hard hat and, and all of that, as cute as the Dickens. And, uh, but he wanted to imitate Bob the Builder. Now, there's a lot of things you can imitate in this life, a lot of people you could imitate, but there's no one like our God. And he has called us to imitate him in our life, in our conduct, in our actions, in our words. And uh, as we do this, not only do we begin to, to live in the abundant life that God meant for us to live, but we also end up showing this world what Jesus looks like. And uh, I think of no greater thing to do uh, for a world that so desperately needs Jesus. Uh, Paul is writing this letter, and he's, he's encouraging the people... By saying, look, God has given you great grace. Not just grace for salvation. The unmerited favor of God for salvation, as great as that is. But also grace in the sense of the power to live the Christian life. And in chapter 4, he's talked about Jesus ascending so that he could give gifts to men. And, and he has given us this great grace, this great power, uh, so that we can live for him in a way that exalts him and lifts him up. And so he uses in this scripture passage several uh, times the, the word walk. And it, it involves the, the manner in which we live our lives. And he says walk in love, walk in light, and walk in wisdom. These are three of the ways that we can live in a way that brings glory and honor to God. And so as God's people, what we need to do is we need, we need to ask God to fill us with His Holy Spirit uh, and surrender to Him and His will for us and let Him live His life through us so that we can live a life that honors and glorifies our Savior. Uh, the title of my message is Grace to Live Like God. Grace to Live Like God. How are we to live like God? And that's what we're going to talk about. So look with me at uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as dearly loved children, and walk in love as the Messiah also loved us and gave himself for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. But sexual immorality and any impurity or greed should not even be heard of among you as is proper for saints. Coarse and foolish talking or crude joking are not suitable, but rather giving thanks. For know and recognize this, every sexually immoral or impure or greedy person who is an idolater does not have an inheritance in the kingdom of the Messiah and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty arguments. For God's wrath is coming on the disobedient because of these things. Therefore, do not become their partakers or their partners. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. But the fruit of the light results in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, discerning what is pleasing to the Lord. Don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. 
Everything exposed by the light is made clear. For what makes everything clear is light. Therefore it is said, get up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and the Messiah will shine on you. Pay attention then uh, to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled by the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making music in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Grace to live like God. Uh, how are we to live like God? Well, first of all, we are to walk in love. Walk in love. He says, be imitators of God in verse 1. As dearly loved children and walk in love. We're to walk in love. Uh, I remember when I was a little boy, uh, we lived next door to Mr. and Mrs. Handley. And they were two of my favorite people because every day I would walk over to Mr. and Mrs. Handley's house and they would give me candy. And so uh, I just loved them. But one thing I noticed about them was that they were just people who loved other people. Um, they had a little granddaughter named Renee who I used to play with. And you know what? I, I never heard them get impatient one time, never heard a cross word, but I did see a whole lot of generosity and a whole lot of love and kindness in that household. Uh, a few years later, Miss Hanley died, and I, I remember hearing people talking about her funeral and, and about how she had impacted people's lives and how godly she was and how she loved other people and and many people had gotten up and shared about how the, the Hanleys had impacted their life. I want you to know something. It, it makes a difference when we love other people. It really does. And uh, God has called us to walk in love, to live a life of love. Uh, and love is, is that kind of love with which God loved us. Matter of fact, he, he describes what it is and what it is not. He says... Um, in, in verse 2, walk in love as also the Messiah has loved us and gave himself for us a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. I love that. What did Jesus do? He loved us, and how did he show that love to us? He laid down his life for us. Isn't that a wonderful thing? But it wasn't just for us. It was also for the Lord. You see, he laid down his life for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. It's a picture in the Old Testament of the burnt offering that went up as a sweet smell to God. Jesus was sacrificed on the cross, not just to pay for my sin and for your sin, uh, so that we could be forgiven and have eternal life, but Jesus also died as an offering of himself to the Father. And Jesus rose again on the third day. What a wonderful thing. Uh, because of Jesus' love, the Bible says, and because of his sacrificial death on the cross, if we choose to surrender our lives to him and put our trust in him to forgive us, asking him to forgive us, God says, I will forgive you. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the love of Jesus for us. Now, laying down our lives. You see, 
many times people in our culture define love in this way. I love you if. And then they describe what you must do in order to keep that love. So Jesus doesn't just stop, and and Paul doesn't just stop, uh, as he shares the love of God with, with the positive description of what it is. He also says what it isn't. And so if you look at verse 3, he says, But sexual immorality and any impurity or greed should not even be heard of among you as is proper for saints. Now the word for sexual immorality is a very general word in the original language. And it's a word that describes all kinds of sexual immorality. Um, scripture usually gives two broad categories for sexual immorality. One is adultery, which is uh, the breaking of the marriage covenant uh, by a sexual relationship with someone other than your spouse. But the Scripture also speaks of fornication. And fornication is, is sex before marriage or any sex outside of the marriage relationship. Um, the Bible is not anti-sex. God created it. It's a good thing within the, cons- within the confines of marriage. But outside of that context, it becomes an act of selfishness. And so many times, people in, in our culture, I, I remember a few years ago, um, they had uh, in the 60s, before my time, by the way, but in the 60s, they had, uh, my kids think I was alive back then, uh, they had what was called the sexual revolution. And they talked about, quote, quote, free love. Now, I want to tell you something today. Sex outside of marriage is not free. There's a cost to it. And, and we have seen the cost. My, my wife used to work for uh, Child Protective Services in Texas. And um, one of the things I, I saw her do, some days she would come home and she would just weep as she saw what human beings did to children. I want to tell you something. There is a cost. Uh, we see the cost in the broken marriages in our, in our culture. What, we used to have stable homes, and we used to have stable relationships between husbands and wives, but because uh, we decided to do things differently than God's way, we have, we have gone away from that, and now we have uh, broken marriages that are rampant in our society. And people are hurting uh, as, as they're abandoned by a spouse. Did you know what? Um, I, I was reading a book uh, a couple of years ago, and it was written uh, by a lady who works with, with women, and, and she was describing there's a chemical reaction that takes place when you have a physical relationship with someone else. And she said it's like taking a Band-Aid and putting it on a wound, uh, that there's an attachment there at first, but that every time you rip that Band-Aid off and you put it back on, there's less attachment. And don't we see that in our culture today? People have multiple relationships, and the, they lose the sticky. And, and they get involved in marriage, and the marriage doesn't last. Why? Because we've not done things God's way. In the name of what we call love, we have served ourselves. Love is not about meeting my needs. Love is about laying myself down for someone else. See, love is about other people. Love is about God. 
And so we are called. And, and let me just say this, because in our culture, we don't have people talking about this. We are, we're kind of, we don't even have, some people don't even have a frame of reference of what is right and wrong. All sex outside of marriage is sin. Does that make, make it clear? Okay. And marriage between a man and a woman. Does that make it clear? You see, homosexuality is not an alternative lifestyle. It is sin. The Bible says God created Adam and Eve. God's plan was always for marriage to be between a man and a woman. Uh, so sexual immorality is not the kind of love that we're talking about. Um, what kind of relationship do you want in marriage? Teenagers? What kind of marriage do you want? Do you want somebody who's going to be selfish and it's all going to be about them? Or do you want somebody who's going to lay down their life for you? You see, that's the kind of love that God's about. And, and anyone who would coerce you into a relationship that's not honoring to God is not showing love to you. They're showing selfishness. God has called us to a love that lays itself down. Filthiness in our speech is also something that is inconsistent with God's love. We shouldn't be telling dirty jokes. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be doing off-color things with our words, but we should be honoring and glorifying Jesus Christ. So love is both horizontal toward other people, but it's also vertical. It's a love toward God. Just as Jesus was a fragrant offering to God, our lives need to be a fragrant offering to the Lord. If we're going to walk like the Lord, we need to walk in love. How do you do that? You can't do it in your own strength. It has to be the Holy Spirit of God flowing through your life. You keep your sins confessed. Ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life. And ask God to love other people through you so that you can be a selfless person uh, with others. And as you do that, you will live like God because God walks in love. And that's the heart of God, to lay his life down for us. So, grace to live like God. Uh, how do we live like God? First of all, we walk in light. Secondly, or excuse me, we walk in love. Secondly, we walk in light. We walk in light. Now, he's talked about the fact that the sexually immoral don't have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. Uh, and he's speaking about those who are lost. He speaks about the unbelief and the disobedience and so forth. He's speaking about those who are lost. But he says, don't be partners with them. So not only is sexual immorality against walking in love, but it's also against walking in light. What is walking in light? Well, light is something that the Bible uses to describe the conduct of our lives as believers. Look at verse 9. For the fruit of the light results in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. That's a description of what it means to walk in the light. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Um, the scripture says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now let me tell you what truth is not. Truth is not saying, well, this is true for me, but it's not true for you. Okay? Either the, what, what Scripture teaches is either something is true or something is false. There's not a combination of the two. 
And God's truth is the standard by which we live our lives. God has given us, not only does he save us by grace, praise God, because none of us could get there by ourselves. We need Christ. But God says, okay, now I want to show you how to live a life where you can realize my best for you. And so I'm giving you these, these guidelines by which to live. It's called walking in God's truth. Uh, as we share the truth with others, they can come to Christ. They can be strengthened in their walk with Christ. One of the awesome things about being a part of a small group in, in like Sunday school is, is we share what God is doing in our lives or what we're seeing. And we, we interact with each other. And, and he, he speaks about the fact that we can encourage other people through the truth. And so uh, we're to walk in the light. And that involves the truth. It involves righteousness. It involves goodness. I thank God for the good people that I've known over the years. I've seen a lot of good people. And it's by God's grace that any of us are good. Let me just say that. Um, all of us are sinners and fall short of the glory of God, but praise God, through the power of His Spirit, we can walk in goodness. Uh, there was a lady named Ruth Auten in my church that I attended in Illinois, and uh, she was 90-something years old, uh, but she was just, uh, just a wonderfully sweet, good person. And one of the things I noticed about Ruth was she would um, notice other people. And not just the, the people that she was friendly with, but she would notice everybody. There's some, some of you that are like that here in, in this uh, church building today. But, but Ruth would, would talk to people that everybody else ignored. And she'd just go out of her way to love them. Uh, she also would speak truth. Now, she wasn't an abrasive person, but there were a couple of times she stood up for the truth. I'm going to tell you. And she, uh, she wasn't afraid to stand up for what's right. Praise God for that. Um, you know, there are some things we should stand for. There are some things that we should speak up for. Uh, the Bible says we're to speak up for the rights of the widow and the fatherless. Uh, we, we should take a stand on, on the truth of God's word. And so we need to walk in the light. Uh, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. We don't need to be abrasive in the way that we deal with other people. But we do need to shine our light. And you can do that in a kind way, in a gentle way. But just let the world know, I serve Jesus Christ. Um, and just be open about who you are. Let your light shine. Um, he, says, he says, you were once darkness, but now you are light. What's he talking about? Well, the fact that when we're unsaved, we're walking in darkness. We're living according to the pattern of this world. We're going our own way. But when I make a choice to trust Jesus Christ, I make a choice to turn from my sin and to trust in Jesus to follow him. And now I walk in the light. He says, don't be partners with them. Why, as we walk in the light, why in the world would we want to be partners with the world in living in sin and ungodliness and deceit? As God's people, we need to live in the light. You know what happens when we live in the light? Other people see Jesus. Other people see goodness. Um, I remember, not, not last night, but a year ago, 
uh, as I was sitting at my little table, I heard this little girl after trunk or treat, this little girl walking away, and she said, boy, people at church sure are nice. <laughs> and I thought that was great. What is she seeing? She was seeing the love of Jesus. You see, that's what the world needs to see. They need to see God's love. They need to see God's goodness. Oh, how our culture needs to see a standard of goodness. Let your light shine. Be open about your Christian life. Um, I can remember uh, when I was in the military, I was invited to do a lot of things that wouldn't be honoring to God. And um, I'll be the first to admit that, that I've not always done what's honoring to God. Uh, but, but praise God, he gave me the grace in, in those situations to say, um, well, I appreciate you inviting me, but, uh, but I'm a Christian. And so, uh, so I can't do that. I, I, I don't think God wants me to do that. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's a simple thing. But it's amazing. People will remember those statements. And, and you can be like, people may not receive it well, but they will remember it. What are we called to do? We're called to be salt and to be light. This world needs Christians to let their light shine. So walk in the light. As you live like God, as you walk like God. You know what they said in, in John chapter 1? Says, speaking of Jesus, it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as one of the only begotten from the Father. We beheld his glory. What was Jesus doing? He was letting his light shine. Jesus wasn't ashamed to speak about the truth. Jesus wasn't ashamed to love people that were social outcasts. Jesus wasn't ashamed to, to stand up for goodness and righteousness and truth. Jesus let his light by God's grace, let your light shine. How do you do that? Well, you ask God to do it through you. None of us can do that without him. Uh, ask God to fill you with his spirit and live for you the life that brings glory and honor to Jesus Christ. And when you're tempted to do the wrong thing, um, it may be a temptation of the evil one. Say, in the name of Jesus Christ, leave this place. Or say it inside your head if you can't say it aloud, Okay. But, but uh, address that. Uh, if it's your old nature, you could say, I'm dead to that. The Bible says in Romans 6, I've died to that. And, and fill me with your spirit. Holy Spirit, live through me. I surrender to you. I trust you. I will follow you. And let him live that life through you that God intends. And you will shine your light. So, uh, grace to live like God. How do we live like God? First of all, walk in love. Walk in light. And finally, walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. Verse 15 says, Be careful then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled with the Spirit. How do you live in wisdom? You live in wisdom by... Uh, choosing God's way. Wisdom in Scripture is not just uh, intellectual knowledge. It's a, it's a lifestyle. And so to walk in wisdom, you've got to choose to live His way. But also, uh, you need to learn God's wisdom. Isn't it interesting here? If, if, you, 
if you see where he talks about wisdom, he goes down to verse 19, he says, speaking to one another. How, one, of, one of the ways you learn wisdom is through godly conversations with other people. That happens in Sunday school. I'll give a plug, okay? Uh, it can happen in, in your relationships, maybe outside the church in the, in the week. You, you, maybe there's a Christian at work, and, and you guys at your break time are talking about Jesus, and you're building each other up, okay? But it, it's speaking to one another. Uh, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord. Did you know singing is one of the ways we express our worship for God, but it is also one of the ways that we communicate truth about God to each other. And so as you sing, the primary audience is the Lord. The secondary audience is other people. When I was a, a little boy in church, I can remember singing hymns. Now, I wasn't a Christian. They didn't mean anything to me. Okay? But I was singing these hymns, and guess what? I, I still know them today. Um, sometimes we'll, we'll sing one of those hymns, and I, I remember it from memory. And there's some great truth in some of those hymns. Some of these songs that we sing that are new songs. There's also great truth in those. Um, but what happened is even though I didn't care about God, God implanted his truth in my heart and his wisdom in my heart through the sung word that we sang in church. What an amazing thing. Also, we played music at home that was Christian music. Um, my mom and dad bought the Bill Gaither, some kid thing that Bill Gaither did. Uh, I, I remember that. We had one, some of y'all remember what record players are. And I had a, we had a record player, and I, and I would I'd put that thing on there and listen to, uh, to Bill Gaither. I can't even, I couldn't tell you what the, I'd probably know it right away if I heard the song start, but uh, some great songs there. Um, we also played just, Christian music that was for adults as well. Uh, and I can remember hearing that in my home and, uh, and those things being implanted in my heart. That's a great way uh, to, to build God's wisdom into your life. Uh, also, giving thanks teaches us wisdom. Uh, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. What did we say love was? Laying down our life for other people, right? Isn't that what submitting to one another in the fear of Christ is? We lay down our life for each other. So, walking in wisdom. Where else can you find God's wisdom? You can find it in His Word. He says, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. God's given it to us right here in His Word. Be in this Word. Read it. Study it. Um, my parents taught us from the book of Proverbs. They taught us from other places in Scripture as well. Uh, I've learned wisdom from other godly people in my life. I, I think of other pastors that have invested in my life. And I, I think of friends uh, when I was growing up and in college that invested in my life. And you learn wisdom uh, in this way. But he also says, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled with the Spirit. I was reading uh, a book uh, this past week, and a pastor was sharing with me about how a, a member of his church choir had gone and uh, was, was interacting with this, with this group that sang worship music, and he said they were passing out hard alcohol in the meeting where, where this, this worship group was. 
And he said, uh, he said my, my church member was, was disturbed by this. He says, I'm disturbed by this. He said, because my father was an alcoholic. And he said, he said, my father, when he would get drunk, he would come home and he would beat us. Uh, and, and he saw the negative effects of alcohol. And he said, my father went to a meeting at work. And they were drinking socially. He took his first drink, and he was hooked for the rest of the time. He was introduced to it at a social gathering. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Alcohol is dangerous. Don't, don't go there. Don't take that first drink. Uh, he says, don't be drunk with wine. Why? Because we need to be sober. Our adversary, the devil, is going about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But he says, but be filled by the Spirit. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit is better than any alcohol you can get a hold of. Let him fill your life and live through your life. He'll teach you wisdom. Wisdom is not found in a bottle. Foolishness is. Wisdom is found in being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I want to tell you, you'll live a wise life if you live according to those things in your life. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, walk in wisdom. As you walk in wisdom, God will teach you and grow you and, and help you live the life that he's called you to live. You'll live like God through his power. God, in his Holy Spirit, blesses human conversations, blesses our time in the Word, and blesses us in our personal walk with God, leads us and directs us. How do you, how do you live filled with the Spirit? Keep your sins confessed. Ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit. Surrender your life and your will to him on a regular basis. And choose to trust him, actively trust him, and follow him in your life. And he'll live his life through you. Grace to live like God. How do we live like God? Walk in love, walk in light, and walk in wisdom. As you do, you'll be a salt and a light to this world. You'll make a difference. You will also enjoy the abundant life. And you'll find out that it's the opposite of what the world says. God has come uh, that you might have life abundantly. Yet the world says, God's trying to take away your fun. God says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Have it to the full. That's God's purpose for your life. Will you take him up on it? Walk as he would walk. Walk in love. Walk in light and walk in wisdom. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for giving us your direction and your word. For showing us how, Lord, that grace not only saves us, but, but your grace is that gives us the power to live for you. Help us to walk in that grace, to walk in love.